Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Hey, welcome to the Generations Church podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church. With me as always, and uh, starting off a little silent today, my good friend, the lead pastor, Jeff Luddington. Uh, We just wanted to Make a quick note if you are one of those people who just can't wait until Tuesdays come around because that's when we release our weekly podcast and you were a little bit confused or disappointed this past week because we did not release one, um, that's on us. We we had a conflict in our schedules. We couldn't get to it and uh, we're sorry for that, but I thank you for not sending any angry emails or at least not sending them to me. If you send them to Jeff, that's fine. He didn't didn't tell me about them. But we are back to our are uh, questions from the classroom series. We are answering questions from high school students, questions that were asked in our Bible classes at the high school. Uh, the great question this week, how can I strengthen my faith even when times get really rough? So we're talking about difficult situations and, and wanting to be able to get through those with our faith being intact or even getting stronger. And so Jeff and I talked and we decided to go with the passage from Matthew 4, The Temptation of Jesus, and it starts with Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So my question for you, Jeff, is can you set this scene for us? Like, what is what is Jesus walking into here? And why doesn't he do what the rest of us would do, which is just flee from Satan instead <laughs> of walking into a confrontation with him? Yeah, so Jesus is being led by the Holy Spirit. That's something we all need, right? We're talking about being strong in our faith. Uh, being led by God's Spirit, that's important. Um, but what comes next is that Jesus is obedient, and uh, disobedience is never going to strengthen our faith, right? So you can't just run the other direction. But instead, he does what God has called him to do. He goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, it doesn't say that God commanded him to do anything other than go do that, right? What we're going to see is how Jesus prepares for that moment, Great. So we see in verse 2, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Mm. Incredible understatement. For sure. 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry. So I've got two questions. One, is this a literal 40 days of fasting? I mean, that sounds almost impossible for us to, to think of someone going that long without food. But the other is this. He's about to go into a battle. He's about to go into a time, as the question was asked by the high school student, a time uh, when it gets really rough. And yet, he allows himself to become physically weak by not eating. So why would he do that? Yeah, and such a good question. So first off, literal 40-day fast. So he goes without food for 40 days. And for most Christians listening right here, right now, uh, or non-Christians, doesn't really for anybody listening, that seems impossible. Uh, I can tell you for sure, uh, I couldn't go out and do it tomorrow. And and this is this does touch in an area that I know is a weak suit, not only in me, but in modern Christianity. Fasting is not uh, built into modern Christianity the way it should be. And, and I say it that way because Jesus is going to have a very human struggle right now. It's in his flesh. He has this. He fasts, right? But he's He's still Jesus, the Son of God, right? Like, he is still that, but he's going to go through a very human hardship. And even being uh, the very Jesus who he is, he knows he needs prayer, fasting, things like that. Like, he, we see his habit of prayer. We see his fasting. He fasts several times. And so fasting defined is really 
denying yourself something spiritual, I mean something physical, excuse me, denying yourself something physical, so food is this one, uh, and pressing into something spiritual. So what we're going to see is him fast, deny himself food, and pray and contemplate scripture, which we'll see in just a minute. And so those are going to be his spiritual replacements for his food. Now you asked the question, um, this seems counterintuitive. But we're not asking how to be physically strong. Not how do I get bigger in the gym, right? Or how do I, you know, get bigger in my, you know, my bank account? How do I get spiritually stronger? And this is, uh, you get weaker maybe in the physical body, but your spiritual body, your spiritual strength is being built up. And so it is an answer to spiritual strength. All right, and here comes the first temptation. Of course, it's about food because as we just <laughs> found out, he was hungry. Yep. Verses three and four. And the tempter came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this is not just a physical attack, right? No one comes in and attempts to beat up Jesus, right? This is a spiritual attack. But it hits him in the physical weakness, right? So to tie those pieces back together... Uh, it does hit him in a, in, a, in a physical place, his hunger. Uh, but there's an identity issue. If you are the son of God, command these stones, become those red, right? Like, if you really are who you say you are, right? If you really are God, then abuse your power. You know, skip the, skip the fasting and the, the other things. And, I, you know, make food, right? And so this is a very spiritual attack, even though we see it talk about food. Now, Jesus responds by quoting Scripture. It's a very powerful response. We'll unpack that after the next couple of verses. So the second temptation in verses 5 through 7, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So we see Jesus quote scripture again. Do you see any connection between the verse he just used and the verse he used earlier? Yeah. Well, first off, here's what else we see. There's two quotes by Satan that are of scripture. And so it, just the idea that Satan knows scripture also ought to scare the you-know-what out of everybody listening, right? Like that should put fear in your heart. Does, does Satan know the Bible better than you do? Right, and if Satan's going to quote it to you, uh, what's that going to do for your understanding of things in faith? Right. So, yes, Jesus uses scripture. In fact, the you know to answer your question, he quotes Deuteronomy again. Now, in this passage, we're going to see this in the in the coming passage in the coming verse as well. He quotes Deuteronomy three different times, and so Jesus is out fasting. Right now, fasting is denying yourself something physical, so he's not eating. That's the physical part. And he's replacing it with prayer and, I'm going to suggest, contemplation on Scripture. He is spending time in Scripture. Now, he didn't go out to the wilderness with a Bible in his hand, right? Uh, young Jewish men were trained to have memorized the Bible, especially they all start in the Torah, the, the, the first five books of the Bible. So Jesus would likely have memorized the entire Old Testament. And he's not alone. The religious leaders that challenge him and do that, they have done the same thing. So there was oral tradition. It was common, right? They didn't have written Bibles. And so he's out there contemplating Scripture while he's fasting. And it's a bit of an assumption, but I think it's a fair one. He's probably contemplating the law, right? He's contemplating probably Deuteronomy. 
And because when this happens, he's been kind of contemplating this passage of Scripture, meditating on Scripture, on these passages of Scripture that he knows, reciting them to himself, speaking them, kind of letting them speak to him. When he's tempted, they're right there. They're ready. So he shows kind of what he's doing both in his, in what's outwardly said, but also by how he responds to temptation. He quotes these three, you know, less than obvious passages in Deuteronomy. It's out of chapter six and eight. But yeah, pretty amazing what he's doing. So he's denying himself food, but he's pressing into scripture and prayer. So in verses eight through 10, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So it happens a third time. Right. Yeah, exactly. But what's good here is he's prepared for this. Jesus is prepared. Now, let's consider the moment, right? So he's been fasting for 40 days. He's out in the wilderness. So he's alone. He's hungry. He's, you know, lonely, tired. There's this old... um, I guess it's a psychology kind of acronym, HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Uh, Those are the four places where humanity is typically most vulnerable, when we're hungry, when we're angry, when we're lonely, when we're tired. My wife likes to joke that there there are moments in my life, in my marriage, where she's like, hey, do you need something to eat? (laughs) And yes, because sometimes that does change my attitude. But he's out there, he's hungry, he's lonely, he's tired. There's no way you spend 40 days in the wilderness and you're not tired, like your sleep is thrown off as well. The only thing we don't see is that he's necessarily angry. But he's got these three vulnerable moments, right? These vulnerable pockets. And um, right there, Satan, not some random circumstance, but Satan himself is tempting Jesus. And so this isn't, hey, I lost my job, or, you know, hey, I'm sick, or whatever. This is like Satan making a concerted effort to take Jesus out of the game, right? That's about as tough as it can be. The outcome here, right, is Jesus is with able, able to withstand and send Satan away. Right, so this wraps up with verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Yeah. And I think that's the outcome we're we're hoping for. That's what we're. The question was, you know, how do I strengthen my faith in those when times get really rough? And in this case, you see Jesus's strength, or uh, his his faith remains strong, even though physically he is is not. Right. Um, but I think for a lot of us, it's important to note that he prepared ahead of time. Like mm-hmm. there was some preparation done. Uh, it just brought up a couple examples in my mind. I was thinking first thing that popped in my mind was. Uh, doctors. In the United mm-hmm. States, we don't tend to go to doctors until we need them, until we're already right. sick. Um, we should be going in for yearly exams because those exams show areas where we're weak, areas where we need to improve. Um, we can work on those ahead of time before we hit those those difficult medical situations. I was also thinking the military, right? They don't, they don't start getting ready for war during war. They right. start way ahead of time anticipating there will be a war and they train, and you have experience with that. They train, and they train, and they train, and they train. They break down soldiers and build them back up to be ready for those difficult times. Yeah, so in, in both those examples, I mean, you're absolutely right about the military. You know, the higher-level military, they drill and train all the time, right? Um, you know, martial arts is the same, exa- same example. Like, you drill and drill and drill. You prepare 
in the times when you're not fighting. You're prepared in the times when you're not in war. Mil uh, police, you know, same idea. Uh, though I have experience there, it's typically on the receiving end. But uh, yeah, you train for the times, right, before you need it so that you have it when you need it. But the doctors too is, is fair because when you go to the doctor, um, typically we, I don't know about the rest of the world at this point, but I mean, we typically go to the doctor when we have a need, right? But we should be doing the exams. We should be doing the checkups. And when we go for one thing, typically they're checking all the vital signs and doing all that. And the, the upside of that is that it might reveal something to you that is wrong. So if you go in for your annual exam and, you know, if you're a woman, they're always checking for breast cancer. And if you're a man, as you get older, they're checking for other things and, you know, it could be anything. But cancer is one of those things where you want to get it caught early, not late, right? You don't want to, hey, you have cancer and you've got two weeks to live. You want to hear, hey, you've got this thing that we can deal with, right? And fasting, prayer, scripture, that's kind of that exam, right? That's that place where God can reveal sin, idolatry, problems to us. And hopefully early, early, catch them early, deal with the cancer that is sin in your life, right? And get on that. And so both those images um, teach us something. I, I thought of when you said the military example, 1 Corinthians 9, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul says, listen, I, I train like an athlete. I train like a fighter. I train to be a Christian. I discipline myself uh, in order not to fail, right? And the question is, how do I strengthen my faith? Well, the question reworded according to like our Matthew 4 passage is, how do I not fail? How do I not fall short in temptation or when hard times come or whatever? And so one, the answer is be prepared. Like the military, train ahead of time, right? But the other is, well, you know, have this ongoing search in yourself. Let the Spirit be searching you through Scripture, through prayer, through fasting, so that things that are wrong could be revealed so you can work on them, but not in crisis. Right. So I don't think we can stress enough how important it is to put in that time and effort to build that relationship and to strengthen your faith ahead of time. But we're talking about being ready before it happens. What if, right. you, if there's someone listening who's already in the midst of a very rough time? What yeah. if they're going through something and they're like, I don't know what to do. I didn't prepare or I can't prepare because it's already happening. I was thinking of biblical stories like uh, Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus dies and how they're struggling with their faith. And if you would have been here, you could have done right. something. Or, or the... Uh, apostles in a boat, and Jesus is right there with them, but they're in the midst of a storm. So how do you how do you address that? Well, I mean, besides the obvious that says, "Hey, you should have been listening to this podcast all along. <laughs> you'd be you'd be totally ready now." But yeah, so there's um, I assume, and this is I think a fair assumption again. I assume people listening that are struggling right now, and everybody's got struggles, but you're in a hard place right now. My guess is you're not prepared for it, right? If you were you wouldn't be listening to this with the same kind of feeling coming into it, right? You'd be listening to like, hey, I'm going through this hard time, but I'm totally prepared for it. Jesus has this. And, and that's great if you are. But most people, if you're going through hardship, you're looking for strength now, right? Same thing applies, right? What Jesus does is on the front end. He does prepare for the hardship coming, for the temptation, the struggle, the hard time that's coming. But the answer is the same, right? Fasting, prayer, scripture, the spiritual disciplines in general 
or how we derive strength now, right? And so you could add things, go to church, you know, go to a, a community group or, you know, ask for people to pray for you. But really, how do you build your own strength? And and it is fasting, prayer, scripture, things like that, right? There's more, um, but that's the starting point. And when we look at this, you, you, you mentioned Mary and Martha. When Lazarus is sick, they send someone to go get Jesus, right? Hey, go tell the teacher, Lazarus, the one he loves, is dying, right? Not dead yet, but dying. And so we know the story in John 11, Jesus takes his time. He shows up, Lazarus has already been dead. Okay, but they do send for Jesus. And in the story where the disciples are in the boat, the storm, you know, kicks up and they get fearful, it says Jesus is asleep in the bow, right? And so they wake Jesus up like, hey, you know, wake up, we're going to die here. In both cases, they send for Jesus, right? And so if you're listening and you're struggling, Send for Jesus. I mean, that, I, you know, that's the, that's the answer, is press in to faith. You don't have to, it's better if you're prepared. But if you're unprepared, and this is your circumstance now, then do the work now, right? It's best if you do on the front end, but if not, now now is the best time to start, right? No matter what it is, now is the best time to start. All right, and you had mentioned something earlier about the, the correlation between Jesus and Adam. So why don't we wrap up with that? Yeah, so this... The gospel kind of part of this story uh, isn't, you know, the, the gospel message to the listener isn't just fast, pray, whatever, do these things and you'll be stronger, right? This is all rooted in Christ. And if you think back to Genesis and, and God creates humanity and then humanity falls into sin, what happens is Satan tempts humanity, humanity fails in the garden and sins. Where Adam sins in the garden, Jesus must have victory in the wilderness, and so where Adam is teed up for everything to go well and fails, right? And we inherit that failure, that sin, that corruption. Jesus now, to become our Savior, has to be victorious in the wilderness. So Jesus goes out to a less optimal place, in a place where he doesn't have an abundance of food. In fact, he's been fasting for 40 days. So the complete opposite setting and context as Adam had. And yet Jesus is victorious. Jesus defeats Satan in the wilderness at his weakest point. That's good for us. The gospel message is that Jesus' strength, right? Even in his weakest moments, he was victorious. And so in our flaws, Jesus has victory over them. And the gospel just points us back to Jesus and his best decisions. A friend of mine always says, you don't have to be defined by your worst decisions, but rather you get to be defined by Christ's best decisions, right? Jesus in his worst is better than me at my best. And so Jesus at his lowest or weakest has victory over Satan. And me at my best, still loses that fight unless I'm, I'm deeply connected and plugged into Jesus. And that starting point or our takeaways today are fasting, which is the big challenge for Christians, uh, prayer and scripture. Deny yourself, learn how to fast. And I'm going to put some book references in the show notes. Uh, Richard Foster has a great book called Celebration of Discipline, uh, Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney, uh, Dallas Willard has another one. We'll put those in the show notes if this is something you're interested in. By all means, take a look. Uh, learn. You know, some are pragmatic and how, some are more about the why. But yeah, this this is missing in modern Christianity for sure. Right. So we want to thank you for listening. We want to encourage you, um, build up that relationship, get into those rhythms. 
where you are working on prayer and, and fasting and diving into the Word of God. Um, I had used something to close in one of our earlier episodes, but just that idea of the things you learn about God, the truths you learn in the light, don't forget in the dark. They're still mm. true. So remember that. Uh, we'd like you to uh, like this episode to share it with your friends, talk it over with your family, subscribe to it. And if you have any questions you'd like us to address either about this episode or to use for future episodes, questions at generations.email is where you want to send those. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you and may God bless you this week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Jin Family Church.